Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. Broadcasting live from the RNR studios in Las Vegas, Nevada. It's the premier destination for an inside look into the Las Vegas Raiders. You're in the with Vinny Bonsignor. Presented by Tequila Embajador. That's right, you are in the huddle. I am Vinny Bonsignor. This is Raider Nation Radio 920 AM locally. And it is a Wednesday. The day before we get back into the practice facility to watch the 2022 version of the Raiders continue their path and their process of putting it all together, like I uh, talked about in the Review Journal today, uh, kind of laying uh, the, the the cement for the foundation that they're building that's going to carry them uh, this year. It's in the early stages, but some things to keep an eye on for sure and important things that are happening uh, without question, uh, and we'll get into all of that. Um, great show for uh, everybody today. In just a few minutes, we're going to be welcoming in the tremendous point guard for the Las Vegas Aces. And by the way, the 9-1 and one Las Vegas Aces, who put a whooping on the Connecticut Sun last night, in front of none other than Tom Brady. He was there sitting courtside, uh, and, and, and the Aces pretty much ran Connecticut off the court, thanks in large part uh, to Chelsea Gray, our our guest who's coming up uh, in just a couple of minutes. So I uh, can't wait to talk to Chelsea about everything that's going on with the Aces. This team is humming right now. I know you don't want to, you know, peak at this point because there's a long season to go and there are big aspirations uh, for the Aces this year, but it sure is good to see them playing at the high level that they're playing uh, at. And Chelsea has a huge say in that matter. We want to uh, talk to her uh, about everything that's going on with the Aces, all the great things that are happening uh, over there. I also want your calls. Um, you know, tomorrow is another day the media gets a chance to look at practice, another chance for fans to hear some from some of the players. And I would imagine Josh McDaniels will be talking again uh, as well. So what are your thoughts? 702-365-9200. We know that uh, officially now tomorrow, $20 million in cap space will magically be created uh, thanks to the contracts of Corey Littleton and Carl Nassib officially coming off the books. Uh, is there some tinkering that the Raiders should do, uh, some some moves that you want them to make? I wouldn't expect any earth-shattering moves. Uh, I don't think that that's necessarily going to happen, um, but you never know. And where would you go if you were Dave Ziegler, if you were in charge and there was an area of this team uh, that that you wanted them to address uh, that or may, maybe may, it's making you feel just a little uneasy right now, uh, and then if you, you you had some money to spend, where would you spend it on? Give us a call, 702-365-9200. Just want to remind everybody that this half of In the Huddle is brought to you by the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas. Look, there's nothing worse at all than living in chronic pain with little hope. Uh, and I think far us either are in that situation or know somebody close to us that is. Uh, well, the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas offers genuine relief from even the most severe and persistent forms of pain. Call their office today, please, uh, or book an appointment online to find out how to live as pain-free a life as possible. It is possible, and the Neuropathy and Pain Center of Las Vegas 
has answers for you. Give them a call. It's 702-257-7246. That's 702-257-7246. I went to the Aces game last night, and uh, we are, without further ado, we're going to go out to the Raider Nation guest line and welcome in. Uh, and it's a, it's a pleasure and an honor to have Chelsea Gray joining us right now. Chelsea, first of all, uh, congratulations on the big win last night. Uh, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. How are you doing, my friend? Thank you so much. I'm doing great. Ready for the next game tomorrow. Yeah, absolutely. They come one after another, and uh, you know, there's there's the old 24-hour rule. Uh, enjoy it or get it out of the system as quickly as you can and, and move on to the next one. But I want to talk a little bit about what happened last night and what is happening uh, for you guys, the Las Vegas Aces. Now, look, I understand that, um, you know, professional sports, sports in general, it's still a players-driven situation. So it it comes down to execution and the greatness uh, of you and your your teammates. But I got to start real quick with your new head coach, uh, Becky Harmon, because she's – Becky Harmon, because she's – doing some things right now and putting some numbers out there right now, thanks to what you guys are doing on the court, that's pretty historical. 9-1 and one, uh, is the best start by a rookie coach uh, in league history. Uh, she was named the WNBA Coach of the Month for the mo- month of May, uh, to fir- the fir- first coach to ever win that award in their first month as a head coach. Uh, again, I know it's what's going on on the court, uh, but Chelsea, how much of a difference has Becky Hammond made for you guys? You know, she came in here and instilled confidence in us from the beginning, from the first day of training camp. She implemented a system that really, you know, it, it really goes to and goes well with who we have on this roster. The style of play, the type of players that we have on and off the court, it's, it's a little bit freeing, but with some structure. Um, the way we communicate with each other, it's, it's really special. You know, you can really understand and feel that she used to be a player in this league and the way she communicates to us you know she holds us accountable but also we have fun with it and we're playing with a lot of fun and and playing free and I think that's what allowed us what has allowed us to you know make this run and have so many wins starting off the season. Chelsea I was at last night's game I was sitting with my family uh in the section in the 121 section uh first of all what a fabulous show that the Aces put on uh and then on top of that the great product that's on uh the court led by yourself and so many of your teammates but I was watching um the style of play that you're talking about uh the sets the uh the, the motion the how fast paced you guys play uh, getting the ball out of the basket off the rim out of bounds and just um you know putting relentless pressure on the opponent uh, it just seems like there's an intent to be as aggressive as possible. And it's kind of next-level stuff, even when you guys are in your half-court sets. Um, is that game kind of suited to what you bring to the table, would you say? Definitely. I think that we're so fluid offensively and defensively. We're so versatile that different people can be in various positions. There's been some times where I'm bringing up the ball. You have Kelsey Plum, Jackie Young bringing up the ball. There's moments in where we pitch it and we – and our posts are handling um, right after half court. So different people are in different spots offensively, and so it makes it really, really hard for us to scout. And once we get a rebound, we're going. You know, we're not for anybody. Uh, our, our fast break and our secondary actions happen quick, and, it's, you know, we have quick decision makers out there for our offense to flow as freely as it does. And then defensively, like we're so versatile, we switch sometimes. We're in a zone sometimes. Um, 
sometimes we're trapping. So we're always keeping the offense on their toes. And I think that's what allows us to get out in transition, get some of those steals. Um, we're scrappers. Like we're, we're getting after it defensively. We're not going to be the tallest. Tallest team out there, but we're able to get things done by playing as a collective group on both ends of the floor. We're talking to the great Chelsea Gray. She's, her nickname is the Point God. Just let that kind of roll around <laughs> your head for just a little while. Uh, second year uh, with Las Vegas uh, Aces, Olympic gold medalist last year for the U.S. Women's National Team in Tokyo. Year in and year out, ranks uh, among the top uh, assist uh, per game uh, in the WNBA. And it's so funny that you mentioned uh, you get it and go. Uh, Last night, Chelsea, how many players took the ball off the rim on a rebound? And I'm thinking, okay, mm-hmm. find the guard, find the you know the ball handler. And it was like everybody that took the ball off the rim, 80 percent of the time, was then just getting down the court and getting it you know uh, into the half court themselves. So what a luxury uh, that must be to have so many ball handlers that can go coast to coast like that and get you into your offense as quickly as possible. I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's it's perfect, you know. There's not any, like, there's no, nobody's being stagnant and know exactly what's coming if you're the defense. And I think that's what allows us to get some of those open threes, those easy wide open jumpers in the lane, and to be able to attack to the free throw line. You know, there's those moments where you have a, a guard setting a screen on the ball handler. You have a post setting a screen. There's different variables and variances to our offense that we're just free-flowing and taking the best shot that we have in that moment. And sometimes that comes with only five seconds coming off the shot clock because we have a wide-open three in the corner. And Becky has instilled in that, conf- instilled that confidence in us that we're going to take that open shot. You've seen that Asia's now shooting threes a lot more and more frequently. So, and she's, you know, We're doing drills in practice that simulate what we're going to get and see in the game. And so it's transferring over nicely. All right, you guys are nine and one, and I know some people will say, "Okay, they're nine and one," but who have they played? Who have they played? You guys have four wins over teams in the top half of the league, and in those wins, uh, your average margin of uh, a victory is is more than ten points. Uh, so you're beating everybody, including the good teams. And when you play the good teams, you're beating them pretty handedly. Uh, what kind of a confidence does that instill when you're able to not just say, oh, we're 9-1 and one against maybe not the, the better teams in the league. It is against the better teams in the league among those wins. What kind of confidence does that instill in you guys? Yeah, I think the, it's a good testament of that whoever we're playing, we're coming out and we want to play the right way. Coach always says, like, I'm going to coach you guys hard. I'm going to hold you accountable. But offensively, in what you do, I just want you to play the right way. When you have two people on you, you give it up. When an open person is open, you have their back and you give them the ball. And I think you're being able to see when we put together those runs where we go from eight points, now we're up 15. Those are those moments where it's just like, okay, that's a possession that we could have, we, we passed up a good shot to get a great shot. And that's, that's the trust that we have in each other and in the staff and what we preach every time we watch film and when we're in practice that this is how we want to play to go to the next level you know you you guys have so many talented players um including jackie young who's kind of vaulted into another level i would say uh obviously kelsey plum yourself uh asia wilson um you know i I, obviously uh there's enough to go around there's there's enough ball to go around that's obvious three players averaging 17 more points a game that's never happened uh in league history uh the highest scoring offense everything's kind of clicking um but 
Is there like a uh, any kind of competition among you guys? And I would say that in a healthy sort of a way, not in any kind of an arrogant sort of a way, um, where greatness sort of breeds greatness uh, when when you have that type of talent on a team, and it just sort of rises raises the level of everybody else. I think, like in practice, sometimes we have these competitions, shooting competitions, where we're challenging challenging each other. So, you know, I'm going to make more in a row. You need to make that one, or if you're going to shoot that, make that. And I think it's, it's, yes, a healthy competition during practice, but it transfers over to the game where we're challenging each other to be better than we were the last time we stepped out there, right? And that's the type of conversations that we're having during timeouts. Like, I'm challenging you to, to do better defensively in that possession, in that moment, um, because it's going to come down in the championship moment that you're going to be in that same position. How are you going to respond? And so challenging each other, during practice and, and throughout games is extremely important, especially when you get into playoff time. Uh, we're talking to Chelsea Gray, uh, the great uh, point guard for the uh, first place 9-1 and one best record in the league, Las Vegas Aces. Uh, Chelsea, inevitably in a season, nothing goes perfect. You know, there's going to be some uh, struggles. There's going to be some peaks and valleys, obviously. Um, you haven't really hit the valley just yet, and hopefully you avoid it altogether. But you know what? It's 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 almost inevitable that there will be periods like that. What are you guys going to hang your hat on uh, when it gets to that point, if it does, uh, where where you have to dig a little bit and find something that you hang your hat on? And what, what do you think that that would be? Um, on the defensive end, we're going to play together and collectively. We're, we're not... We're a team that do not want the, that ball to get inside the paint. And so that's where we fall back on, even when another team goes in on runs throughout a game. Like, we go back to, you know, we're letting the ball get into the tunnel. We're letting the ball get into the paint. Like, our our values are, that you know, we protect that area on the defensive end. And so we go back to that. And then offensively, we want to play the right way. Um, not turning the ball over and having a good pace to our offensive game. And taking the open three ball, you know, there's moments sometimes in games where we're just like, we only shot eight threes this game. Like, we need to, you know, put some pressure on them offensively. And so I think defensively, you know, keeping the ball out of the paint and then offensively just playing the right way and sharing the basketball. Chelsea, as the point guard, you're kind of the quarterback. Uh, and uh, if you were, if it was in football terms, uh, you'd have a whole bunch of great wide receivers uh, in your huddle with you and wanting the ball. Let's face it. That's what scorers and wide receivers and weapons <laughs> want. And it's your job, um, you know, uh, quite a bit of the time to, to dish it out, to deviate, and to, to make sure that the, the right player gets the ball at the right time, not just get uh, to a score. Uh, is that a challenge uh, ever? And, um, you know, I would imagine being a point guard, you're going to hear it from your teammates. Like, I'm open. I'm open. Everybody's open. We know that. Uh, how do you kind of balance all of that? Well, I think it starts with just knowing my teammates and knowing their spots or where they're comfortable, what sets are like for certain people. And I, I start, I, I'll watch films um, to, to make sure that what I'm feeling out there is actually what's on the tape. Um, sometimes when you go back to the tape, you're like, I was feeling this way, but it's actually something else. And so I watch tape sometimes just to just to watch my teammates and see, like, where are those best areas for them to score. And um, I think it's also Becky, like, holding me accountable, uh, like, when we're watching film and her pointing out, like, this is the moment where you could have been this, this, and that, and our conversations on the sidelines during free throw opportunities, but it's a, it's a challenge when you have so many great scores around you um, as a point guard to make sure that, you know, everybody's getting the love and feeling the love and not lose myself within that as well. Um, so it's, 
listen, it's a good problem to have. It could yes. be the opposite way. <laughs> right. Um, but at the same time, like it's 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 a blessing, you know. At any, I think that's what makes it so hard to guard and scout is at any given moment there could be somebody's day, and that's you know that's what you have to feed into. But I think we overall understand like the dynamics and how we have to flow in order to get these wins. All right, Chelsea. So the uh, Michelob Ultra Arena over at the MGM, uh, or over at the Mandalay Bay, I should say, uh, has it's it, it's your home arena, and it's kind of become a little bit of a star-studded setting. Um, every time you look courtside, there's somebody there. Let's face it, uh, for your games. Last night was was it might have gone up a little bit of a notch. Last night uh, I was there. I saw Governor <laughs> Governor Sisolak. The governor is there uh, with Mark Davis sitting courtside, but right across the way. And I I saw this pretty early. There's Tom Brady of all people um, yeah. courtside, uh, and and that's got to be a little bit of a wow. Okay, that's Tom Brady. Yeah, not that we all get or don't get you know uh, impressed. A lot, but it is Tom Brady. So, uh, what was the uh, what was the talk on the bench when you realized that Tom was over there uh, watching guys play? You know what was crazy is that we were like in a timeout, like talking in the heat of the game. We had we had to start off the game as well as we wanted to, and in come he walks, and the whole crowd you just hear like the talk and like the yelling, and I'm just like we're in a timeout, and I see Tom Brady that's walking past. I was like, oh man, that's that's Tom Brady. He's like about to sit courtside, so it was pretty cool, like. You see him in the legendary stuff that he's done on the field um, and the championships that he's won and how he's made other players great and made them better. And to have him sit courtside was was a pretty cool experience. I had to say hi to him during halftime. Nice. And uh, make sure that, you know, he was feeling the love for his first time being in Las Vegas. Um, so it was cool. It was a cool experience. Um, Vegas is the place to be. You know, we put on a, we put on a show here. Um, at the games, it's a great environment. It's a great feel. You have fun when you come to the game. Yeah, there's no question about that. Back in the day, I used to work for the Los Angeles Lakers, and then I covered the Lakers. And so at Staples Center and previously uh, the Forum, there's always going to be stars there. And it wasn't until I saw Prince that I was like, oh, my gosh, I got to, like, take a time out here. Like, that is just too much. I can't handle it. Uh, so I had to yeah. sit down and take a little bit of a breather there because it was Prince. Um, is there one person? I know it wasn't Tom Brady last night. Uh, but is there one star, somebody out there that if they showed up at an Aces game, you might have to just kind of call a timeout a little bit uh, and cool off? Oh, well, I was born and raised in the Bay Area. I'm a big E40 fan. Ah. Uh, he's a rat- so if he came to the game, I would be like, Hold. and I think, I mean, I know for sure all of my teammates would, like, would be like Chelsea. Chelsea. <laughs> <laughs> so it will be pretty cool. And I'm also a big Lil Wayne fan. Like, my teammates know, like, if they come to the game, just, just give me an extra couple minutes, you know. I just, I just need a second to understand that they're at the game. I, that's when you have to go, uh, Kelsey. Here, uh, you you handle the P, the the P guard uh, duties for just a little while. I got to take a little bit of a rest. Uh, well, I appreciate the uh, the honest. There's a, there's always one person that does it for us. Um, so uh, so so nothing uh, wrong with that. Uh, Chelsea Gray, thank you so much for spending some time with us in the huddle. Truly appreciate. Demond, did you have a question? Oh, oh yeah, I was just gonna ask Carter two or Carter three. Oh, Carter oh. three. That's what I'm talking about, yo. We can be friends, uh, yo. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's Demond Cotton. That's Demond Cotton, our great producer. You know, what? actually, I do have one last question. Obviously, like you said, you're a North Cal- uh, Northern California girl. So, were you a Raider fan growing up? I sure was. My family is. We, you know, we we rev the Raiders uh, through and through. So. 
it, it, it was destined to be that, you know, they moved to Vegas along with me, you know? <laughs> Absolutely. It's great times in Las Vegas. The Aces uh, are, are tremendous. If you haven't gone to see them play uh, over at the Mandalay Bay, do yourself a favor. It's a tremendous show, um, not just what's on the court, which is spectacular. And I got to say, it's high-level basketball, tremendous basketball, and, and just the entire environment. Uh, is a great night for basketball fans, families, whatever. Just get get over there uh, to the Mandalay Bay and check out the Aces. Uh, you will not be disappointed whatsoever. Chelsea Gray, it was an honor having you uh, here today, a great Olympian, former WNBA champion, former Duke star. Uh, our pleasure. Please uh, pick up the phone if we call again to get you back on the show because we would love to have you. <laughs> for sure, I would love it. Thank you guys for having me. You got it. That was Chelsea Gray. The point God, that is exactly what she is because – there were moments in last night's game where she was just, I mean, unstoppable. That's that's it. Unstoppable in uh, getting the aces into the offense, uh, moving the ball. Uh, they were pretty much unstoppable last night, and it was a great uh, a great uh, spectacle just to see such high-level basketball. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor, brought to you by Tequila Embajador, Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Our thanks again to Chelsea Gray from the Las Vegas Aces, the 9-1 Las Vegas Aces. Um, if you're here local or if you come in town, uh, to Las Vegas, and I know a lot of our listeners uh, are out of uh, you know state and uh, come here quite often. Obviously, it's Las Vegas. Why wouldn't you? Uh, if it's if it's during the WNBA season, I highly recommend uh, you get over to the Mandalay Bay uh, and go check out the Aces. Truly, I'm telling you, you will be. Um, it's just such a pleasure to watch such a high level of basketball. And I'm I'm going to be straight up. It, all right, I used to work for the LA Lakers back in the day, Showtime. Uh, I covered the Lakers throughout all of their ups and downs from, you know, basically the 90s uh, after after working for them through, uh, you know, uh, through through their the last championships with Kobe Bryant and and Pal Gasol. I saw up close great basketball like constantly. This is great basketball. And I do not. um, That's not an exaggeration to say that I was. Uh, really impressed by how good the Aces are. They have so many go-to players. Uh, obviously, Chelsea with her ball handling skills uh, and vision, and um, you know when you add in the other players that they have that can all do multiple things, whether it's scoring, uh, but also ball handling. Again, like I said, there were so many. I lost count how many players took the ball off the rim and got it to the uh, you know half court, beyond half court themselves, not having to find a ball handler to do it. It just makes the offense go so much quicker and so much faster, and puts so much pressure uh, on a uh, on a, on an opposing defense. And that's what the Aces are doing right now as the number one uh, scoring team in the WNBA. And I say that to also say this: I see a lot of it's it's. I was thinking about the Raiders when I was watching the game last night from this perspective. When you have so many weapons, so many go-to players, so many players that could do multiple things, and so many players that can hurt opposing defenses in multiple different ways, whether it's taking it to the rack, whether it's shooting uh, three-pointers, whether it's dribbling into the teeth of the defense and pulling up for a mid-range jumper, um, 
when you have players that can do all of those different things, it forces defenses, and I saw this so many times last night with the Aces, it forces defenses to make <laughs> choices and decisions that are ultimately going to lead to um, points for the Aces. It puts so much pressure on collapsing and double teaming and trying to deny and stop that it invariably opens up uh, room for others to operate in. And when you have players uh, that can take advantage of that open space because they can do so many different things, it's nearly impossible to stop. And that's what the WNBA is finding right now with these aces. It's impossible to stop them because they have too many go-to players. Well, when you look at the Raiders, and this is the thing that um, – you know, I, 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 I am really fascinated to see how this is all going to look when the season starts. But when you look at Devontae Adams and uh, Darren Waller and uh, Hunter Renfro and Foster Moreau and guys like Keelan Cole and De- uh, Demarcus Robinson, uh, Josh Jacobs, Kenyon Drake, the other running backs that they brought to the uh, into the building, there's so many go-to players that um, – you know that that the Raiders could get the ball to and expect production from and put pressure on defenses as a result. And of course, much like Chelsea Gray, you've got uh, a point guard in your quarterback, Derek Carr, who uh, one thing that he's shown among the many things that he's shown during his career, he can get the ball where it needs to get accurately and on time. He is an accurate thrower. He is an accurate uh, dispenser of the ball and getting it to playmakers. The problem is he hasn't had a whole lot of playmakers consistently, like in one lump sum. He hasn't had that. He had, he doesn't have what Chelsea Gray has right now or the Aces have right now. Hasn't had that, I should say. He does now. He hasn't had that just assortment of of, of talent to be able to tap into into and utilize. And he does now. And here's the other part of it that I was reminded of watching the Aces last night. Becky Hammond comes in as the new head coach with a new vision and a new way of uh, her, her, her scheme offensively, her philosophy, um, everything that the, the sets that, 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 that they're running uh, as a result of her deft ha- coaching hand. Well, the difference that she's making is pretty darn obvious for anyone that, that's watched that team in previous years. No disrespect to Bill Lambeer. He was, in his own right, a really good coach. And the Aces had a lot of success under him. But there's a difference right now in how they're playing, and it's the result of what Becky Hammond is selling and doing and what her uh, vision and scheme and all of that looks like. How many times have I said this during the coaching search to replace John Gruden and Rich Bisaccia that when Josh McDaniels' name started getting bandied about in a serious way with the Raiders, okay, And, you know, I was able to check in with some of the people that I respect in the NFL. And I respect them because of their knowledge, their understanding, and really more than anything else, or equally to everything else, their honesty, brutal honesty. You would um, blush, blush, if you saw some of the things that I've seen people say about people in the league that, you know, there's a lot of respect for. That you would think that there was a lot of respect for. So it's like, if it's bad, they're going to let you know it's bad. All right? 
And there was a little bit of backlash, not backlash, but pushback on some of the names that were being bandied about last year with the Raiders in terms of their head coach job. All right. I'll just leave it at that. You could draw your own conclusions if you want. Some of those same people, when Josh McDaniels' name was brought up, were that is going to work. Yeah, he is a difference maker. There are few offensive-minded game changers in this league. And unanimously, when you talk to people in the NFL, Josh uh, Josh McDaniels was described exactly as that, a difference maker in terms of his understanding of an offense, his uh, coordinating an offense, his play calling, his schemes, all of that, according to people in the NFL, at least that I've talked to, that I really trust for their honesty, their brutal honesty, have consistently said this dude is a game changer in that in, in, in that regard. So much like I think Becky Hammond has made a huge difference with the Las Vegas Aces in how they play, the ease with which they're able to score points and put pressure on defenses, that is coaching. And that's obviously getting players to buy into it, but it's really easy to buy into things when the things that they're being sold help them become better players, help them become a better team when it's obvious to see. And don't think for a second, somebody like Chelsea Gray couldn't read right through nonsense and something of significance. Like she's been there, done that. She's won a WNBA championship. She played at Duke. She's won an Olympic gold medal. She knows what is real and what's just, I'm not going to buy into that. Not buying into that. But that, what what Coach Hammond is, yeah, I'm buying into that, as have everybody on that roster. It's easy when it's, as good as it is when 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 the the knowledge that you're being you know um, uh, taught the scheme and all of that is something that you yourself who is a high quality player high level player can see this is obviously going to work it's easy to buy into that don't think for a second that there is as in I don't think there's going to be any hesitancy not from Derek Carr's part uh, especially he understands the position that he's in, not just in terms of the talent that's around him, but the guy that's now running that offense. And I wouldn't say that it's in conjunction with him, but you got the sense last week when I asked Josh McDaniels about the relationship building of he and Derek Carr in terms of now the football side of things. Remember, Josh McDaniels talked all offseason about, you know what, the football part's going to take care of itself. I want to get to know Derek Carr, the human being. Everything else is going to take care of itself. I want to build a relationship with 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 Derek Carr first and foremost from a human side of things. Well, now what they're doing is building a football relationship. And I know Derek Carr as smart as a whip a quarterback that's out there is probably having I mean I know it's going to be a little bit of a challenge absorbing a new offense. Think about it. He's spent the last 4 years um, just breathing from the, uh, the you know the, the 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 knee and the teaching of John Gruden, who saw things his way and taught things his way, and had his own principles and foundations and and philosophies and all that. And uh, Derek Carr uh, was got, mastered that basically. He mastered what John Gruden 
uh, was teaching and trying to deliver in a very high-level way. When when the Raiders were right last year, health-wise and everything else-wise, this offense was humming. But I would think that Derek Carr is pretty darn excited right now about what he's hearing and what he and um, Josh McDaniels are uh, cooking up. It's, it, I wouldn't say it's a collaboration, but I bet you there's a little bit of that going on because, you know, Derek Carr has put the time in. Uh, he's genuinely recognized as a very smart um, quarterback who understands football inside and out, understands offense inside and out. I think that's pretty obvious to anyone who watches him play, um, you know, where he is mentally in terms of, of the game. And now to be matched with somebody like a Josh McDaniels who um, just gets high marks and high grades uh, in, in that regard. And then on top of that, to have the talent around him, it's just, again, I was watching the Aces last night going, this is how easy it was for them to get to the basket, to get open looks, and then knock them down. That was the other part. It's one thing to, to be able to um, you know, put an offense in and sets and, and, and all of that, that that it takes to, to uh, allow a fu- an offense to truly function. It's one thing to be able to do all of that and teach all of that and, and implement all of that. Got to have players that can make the plays. And that's what the Aces have. And I really believe when you're talking about the Raiders, they finally have all that. It's always going to come down to can they stay healthy? Because if they do, there's just too much going on on this Raiders offense. Now, I know that some people, um, and, I, and I see it on Twitter, there's still some concern about the offensive line. We're taking your call, 702-365-9200, if that's keeping you up at night still. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm here for you, and we could talk about it, and I think it should still be a concern. You know, the last he had of the offensive line, it was just, eh. It really was. You know, I think there were some guys playing out of place. I think there was a lot of mixing and matching because of injuries. Uh, I thought that Going into last year, because of the trades that they made of Trent Brown and Gabe Jackson and Rodney Hudson, there was going to be a learning curve. I don't think they ever completed it. I think there's a lot of reasons why, and I think there's a lot of reasons why people should be a little bit concerned right now. But I think even if they can get an offensive line um, that's, I don't want to say just okay, but just improve it, and it doesn't have to be a dramatic improvement. There's just too much going on elsewhere that they can, I think, especially the scheme that Josh McDaniels is bringing to the table uh, and the way, you know, he's able to, to work around issues maybe that, that might be, that it might exist. I think they're going to be able to overcome uh, even that. That doesn't mean that they shouldn't go out and get somebody if they feel like they got to bolster the offensive line. But I, I think it's a, an area of the team that they're going to be able to, to manage uh, for the most part. And a lot of it is due to what they're going to be doing schematically and the players that they have and the weapons that they have uh, that are that are execute, executing that. You're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsner, brought to you by Tequila and Bajador Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM on a Wednesday. Interact with the show. Text Vinny at 69187 or tweet at him at Vinny Bonsignor. This is In the Huddle with Raiders beat writer Vinny Bonsignor on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. So if you are near a television, I'd recommend you put on TNT because it's the match. What is the match? You know what the match is. Uh, We've got golf here from the win. 
uh, here in Las Vegas. Uh, none other than Tom Brady, who was at the Aces game last year or last night um, with Patrick Mahomes, Aaron uh, Rodgers, and who else is there? The Buffalo Bills quarterback? Josh, yeah, Josh Allen. Josh Allen. Big boy. Uh, and they're having some fun right now on the golf course, uh, not too far from where we are right now uh, here at the uh, Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, uh, just down the road a little bit uh, over at the uh, over at the uh, the Wynn Hotel, the beautiful golf course that they have right there. Uh, it's a gorgeous day too, um, and we get to watch some uh, NFL quarterbacks uh, either embarrass themselves uh, or win, you know, w- win the day. And, uh, Damon, we were talking about this, uh, in the break. Don't think for a second that there aren't some, ner- I know they're having fun and it's for a great cause, obviously, but these guys are competitors and they're, and right now, usually when you go out on the golf course, it's just you and your boys, you and your friends having some fun, drinking some beer, watch, you know, playing some golf and nobody is watching you just be a hack out there. Uh, and even though these guys are good golfers, they're not, Pro golfers, they're NFL quarterbacks, so there's a little bit of a high wire act going on right now. Yes, from from the looks of it, only in third hole here, Tom Brady looks like the yeah, the worst out of this foursome. Yeah, and I, I think I think last year we we figured that one out, so I think that he understands that too, uh, and is just going to have a little bit of fun with it. Uh, that's probably the best thing uh, you could do, you know. Uh, and I know uh, on un- unnecessary roughness, uh, there was uh, a caller, and you guys talked about it, Derek Carr needs to be out there because uh, I'll tell you this, Derek Carr is a really good golfer. And he, I remember he told me, he's like, look, I could retire today and just go play golf the rest of my life and I'll be ecstatic. I'll be happy. Uh, some guys are just, uh, they, they love the sport that much, but he's really good. And I would, I would imagine uh, that, that he would uh, add a, uh, an elevated talent level to this. <laughs> be, yeah, elevate. Is he yeah. that good? No, he's good. Is he that? Right. No, no, no. He's he's really good. He's a he's an excellent golfer, and um, I, I mean, see, he plays he, all the time. He hit that hole in one a few weeks ago, and he posted it. Yeah, he, well, he said that no one was there, right. to see him exactly make a hole in one. That's always the that's the fish story. Oh you know? yeah, it was like this big, you know, uh, and I caught it. You know, one hand. Um, so you got to. I, I know Derek. He's not going to lie about that, but um, the fact that. <laughs> That's a good shot right there. Um, anyway, so we're watching the match, uh, which is uh, unfolding right now on TNT. Uh, great entertainment uh, if you're a golf buff or you just you know like to see guys that you root for in one sport uh, either show up or be embarrassed because golf can do that to you, Demond. Like, yeah, it's good golf to see Brady the- struggle with something. I'll say that right now because Brady is struggling. Yep. It's good to see that Mr. O, Tommy Terrific, Mr. Perfect here is looking bad. Is looking bad, but um, watch he'll 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 get it together. No, I don't. I, no, I, I'm not. I'm not rooting for this. To, oh, he'll turn into Noah. You I don't like. I don't like him. You don't like Tom Brady? No. Why? I just don't. You know. How can you? Look, first of all, I'm not a disliker of anything. Like, there's nobody well, that unless you do something really like. Usually, dislike means he's kicking your ass. That's that's the thing. So he's probably been just doing doing teams that you root for dirty for a long time, kind of owning your teams, right? Yeah, because I'm a Titan fan at heart, but I do love Payne Manning because he went to the University of Tennessee. Yes, that's and true. And so I'm, I was always one of those uh, people. Payne Manning's the best. Payne Manning's the best. Peyton Manning's great. About? Yeah, I, I, I think Peyton Manning was was good. I loved that rivalry, uh, and and I feel like I've got my reasons with Mr. Brady here. What? Got, oh, there's something something yeah, deep. We're gonna he, get to it. All right. So I am the uh, the, the reporter <laughs> around here. Um, Demond Cotton, what is this deep-seated hate that you have for uh, Tom Brady? What's it seated in, and 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 what's the um, cause for it? Yeah, you know what, Vinny? It's as simple as you can look at someone. And I don't like the cut of his jib. 
Just say, I don't like the guy. Oh, it's Sometimes you can just say, you know what? You said you're not a disliker of, of people. I don't believe you. I'm sure that you could just look at someone and say, hey, maybe they didn't wrong I you. do not. Nope. There's no one that you're just like, man, that guy? No. Eh. I mean, if it's a mugshot of somebody that did something wrong, obviously. Nope. Uh, but but like in sports or stuff, I you know what? Here's the thing. Uh, I've been around so long that I've been able to get, you know either get to know a lot of people or have dealt with a lot of people. Um, that it's, it's, it's just, you see the human side and you see, like, I used to talk about Kobe like this all the time because there were so many people who used to misunderstand him. Like he's like this jerk or, oh my gosh, you know, Kobe's such a mean teammate. He's such a bad teammate. Cause you know, he'll yell up magic. Johnson used to yell at players. You see here where Larry bird would say that to teammates, to opponents, Michael Jordan, they drove a hard bargain. That's what they felt they needed to do uh, to get their team to where it needed to be. But off the court, it's a whole different story. So honestly, I don't. I don't, I'm not a, um, you know, uh, I, I, I root for people. I, I like people. So, yeah, I don't get that. And especially when you go so shallow as I don't like his haircut. Like that's, I can't take that seriously, Devon. I'm sorry. I don't like his cut or whether, what he's wearing. That's that's the reason you I hate somebody. It's at the cut of his jib, not his actual What haircut. is a jib? Come on, Vinny. Come I don't on. know you, what a jib is. You've never heard that saying before. I have never heard what a jib is. Is that J-I-B, G-I-B? What are we talking about here, Devon? Explain it to the listeners what your hate is for Tom Brady and and explain what a jib is too. Come on. Um, I think that refers to actually up sailing back in you know, back in the day when sailing was a thing. I could get the further clarification of that. But hey man, I just, you, you have know, a different you have a no, but you're using it in a in a in a specific way. What what is a jib? <laughs> well, I'm gonna get to the bottom of this right now, Vinny, because apparently I'm the person on this show that can't just say things. I've got to, okay, yes. Wait, did you say you hated something about somebody and then had to look up what the definition of, of the word that you were using? Yeah, because it's just a saying, because, you know, there's a lot of things the that we cut, say. The cut of his jib. And I did have the definition. I didn't have the direct. Let's have it, Damon. In the 17th century, the shape oh of the jib sail often identified a vessel's nationality and hence whether it was hostile or friendly. The cut of his chin. I just, that's, I'm sorry, it just doesn't make much sense to me. But uh, I'm not the smartest guy in the world, so uh, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with it. Um, <laughs> you learn something new every day to the point where Devon's probably been using this term for quite some time and never knew really what the, what the actual uh, definition of it was. I said was. it referred to sailing. Yeah. What does that have to do with Tom Brady? <laughs> exactly. Come up with something. That's usually the depth of people's dislike for somebody when you really think about it in a sports sense. Other than, yeah, he beat he beat Peyton Manning. How many times when they played? Who had that uh, rivalry? Uh, you know, it doesn't even matter. You know, because you was he was Peyton Manning was on the wrong side of it. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, but there were some great, no doubt, some great games, and I'm just having fun with you, Devon. But you did say something, the cut of his jib, that I don't think, and I'll put it out to the callers. Does is that a is that a a, a term that you know uh, a lot of you guys have heard? It's honest to God, the first time I've ever heard it in my entire life, right here. But you learn something new, and I always appreciate that. I like uh, learning uh, uh, new things. Tom Brady does seem to rub people the wrong way, and I've always tried to figure out what the cause of my mother-in-law hates him. I don't care how many times I'm saying you're just you're judging him by oh he yells at his teammates or there's an arrogance about him or whatever the case might be, and no matter how many times I try to really try to figure it out, I can't figure it out. Like it's because he wins. <laughs> That's that is why. Is there a player that that 
Is there a player that uh, has beaten your team that you root for, Devon, that you, you know what, you, you really like, actually? Can't think of one. Uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I guess when Peyton Manning They all the have South, badly I, cut jibs. Yeah, I can't believe you've never heard that saying before. No, like, no, that's no, the, I haven't. I haven't. I, I, I have. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. Like I, I'm not, I, it was to the point where I couldn't even pretend. I thought it was his haircut or maybe his beard no. or something. Yeah, his cut of his jib. I'm gonna have to in the break. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a uh, a deep dive uh, on that. It had to go back all the way to the 1700s too, which I like. I like. I'm That's, a cultured man, Vinny. You are without question. Uh, you are, and uh, and and you taught me something today, which I always appreciate. Um, but okay, so tomorrow is uh, day two of the media uh, aspect of OT. Uh, we're going to watch another two-hour practice. Uh, hopefully, it's going to be a little bit cooler uh, tomorrow. I think the uh, the weather is going to work out a little bit better. One in particular is Demon Cotton. Hoping to see or hear about Demon Cotton. Can you repeat that, please? What, what were you looking up? Uh, the definition for another uh, <laughs> jib? Uh, no, I said, what do you want to hear? What do you want to see tomorrow uh, at practice? What do you want to hear about? I want to see if tomorrow, if um, with the Raiders, the offensive line. We, we heard about it from Dave Ziegler after the draft that, hey, everybody's going to get cross-trained. Yeah. So I want to see if there's going to be some cross-training because a lot of people have been saying, hey, maybe Parham, he could be that he could be move over to center. Right. He has he has the potential to move over to center. But we didn't see it. And on the roster sheet, he was li- listed strictly as a guard. Yeah. And but I'm, you know there's like there's a lot more to come. There's a lot more practices to be practiced. But it will eventually, will tomorrow maybe be one of those days that the media you'll be able to see hey he did take a couple of reps at center yeah uh that'll be interesting i i, I want to see i'm gonna i'm gonna count how many times that the raiders are in the three four defense how about that because uh, we've you know we've talked to uh, patrick graham and they're going to be multiple which i fully expect and versatile and a lot of it's going to be predicated on what the opposing offense does in terms of what they line up in uh to defense it but but i do want to see like, you know, what it looks like in the 3-4, where everybody's lining up. Uh, I watched a lot of the offense uh, on, on last Thursday, so uh, and the defense was a little bit further away. So it was a little bit uh, difficult uh, to keep an eye on them, but they do go to 11-on-11, 11 11, uh, and I do want to see, um, you know, what that 3-4 defense looks like, who the line, starting linebackers are going to be. That's another area uh, that I'm putting on my uh, in my notebook to, to check out uh, for the for the defense. Go ahead. All right, we got a couple of texts in, and hey, look at that. They're on my side. We got Jason in Maryland. Sorry, Vinny, I've definitely heard that saying before. It's a very old-timer saying. I think I heard it on Looney Tunes or something. And we've got another one. Can't believe I'm saying this, but I'm Team Demon Uh on cut of his jib. I've heard it on the East Coast a few times. That's from Peg Leg Raider. Okay, there you go. Um, I, hey, I'm I'm not I'm not uh, you know doubting it or anything like that. But it literally is the first time that uh, that I've heard of. I guess I got to go back and watch Looney Tunes, which I used to be a huge fan of when I was a kid, uh, to see if I can uh, hear. Was it like Bugs Bunny? He probably that's that sounds like something Bugs would say. Yeah, cut of your jib. Uh, you're in the huddle with Vinny Bonsignor. Brought to you by Tequila Embajador Raider Nation Radio 920 AM. Hey guys, it's your boy Vinny B from Raider Nation Radio in the huddle. Guys, I've been talking for months now about TAT, an affordable quality CBD cigarette. Well, good news, all TAT products are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas. That's right, TAT products, all of them, are now available at all Speedy Marts across Las Vegas.